Hi there. I am so excited to invite you to attend our fourth annual free virtual special education and advocacy conference. We are hosting it here at Ashley Barlow Company in partnership with Rebecca Poe Teaching. And we are so excited for a few new things at this year's conference. The first new thing is that we have not just one, but two different tracks for attendance. For the first time ever, we have created a track that is specific for school staff and teachers. We also still have that traditional track that we intend to be really great for parents and caregivers in the IEP arena. So yes, we have a teacher track and a parent track. On that teacher track, you are going to learn about things like easier data collection, gestalt language processing, behavior reading, and other super hot topics in special education practice, as well as advocacy. On the teacher and caregiver track, you're going to learn about stress management for caregivers using adaptive books, something that I have really kind of um, dove into here at my own house, inclusion advocacy, advocacy strategies, and so, so much more. That free ticket will give you one pass, one access to one presentation per hour on the track that you choose, either that teacher track or the parent track. Of course, if you are not available on January 19th or January 20th when the conference is taking place, you can buy tickets to access the conference on demand. And those tickets, of course, are available at our website, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference slash 2024. Check out the website for more information about ticketing. This year, we also have something super exciting planned. We have decided to make this a two-day event. When I partnered with Rebecca Poe Teaching, I told her that I really feel like school districts, disability organizations, and other community organizations need to start providing trainings that are accessible to teachers, related service providers, administrators, parents and caregivers, and other community members that are interested in IEP support. What if we all attended the same training? What if we all learned information about special education practice, curriculum, how to read evaluations, that kind of stuff, about special education advocacy, how we can collaborate more, how we can work together, and even about special education laws. What if we all attended those presentations and we workshopped them together? So together with Rebecca Poteaching, I have created the Empowered Workshop Series, and we are excited to bring it to your organization or school in 2024 and beyond. If you are interested in having Rebecca and I bring a workshop to you, you can see a preview of the Empowered Workshops on January 19th, the Friday before our main conference programming. For more information about that, either send me a DM or check out the website, again, ashleybarlowco.com backslash conference dash 2024. We hope to see you January 19th and or January 20th and can't wait to connect with you. Hi everyone, welcome to the Ashley Barlow Company Podcast. I'm Ashley Barlow, your host. If you are a parent, 
A teacher or someone who works at a school, or you're a community member, a volunteer or a staff member at an organization that supports people with special education plans, a coach, a tutor, or even a grandparent, you're in the right place. Sit back with an ice cold glass of lemonade, put on your walking shoes and grab some headphones, roll down the windows and cruise. Ready, set, go. Educate, advocate, collaborate. Hi, Kelsey. Hi. I'm so happy to have you here. I'm so happy to talk to my audience about tutoring something that is near and dear to your heart and near and dear to my heart. So thanks. Are you ready for this? I am. Thank you for having me and asking me. Yeah, I'm excited. You were a little hesitant. Yeah. You so we're just going to, I'm going to tell you that you're going to be comfortable and we're just going to go from there. <laughs> Might be a bit awkward, but that is me. So, right. What we just said before we hit record is we want people <laughs> to feel like they're in my kitchen, drinking their coffee and, and talking to us and yep. listening to us and just enjoying. So here we go. Let's start with this. Why don't you tell my audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, I am Kelsey Frobane, um, and I am the program manager of Learning Aid Ohio. Um, my, I have a family of three. Um, my husband, Eric, I have a daughter named Elliot, um, who has cerebral palsy. She's six. So you're, you're on it from all different avenues, like so many of us in these professions are. You work for an organization, you are a parent, you um, are an advocate at the IEP table. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I'm sure you're good at your job. But I have talked to many people that have seen you do your job one-on-one. -on -one, and I myself have, have involved myself with you in, in the professional capacity um, through Learning Aid Ohio. And I I know that you do an extraordinary job, which is why I wanted you here. Thank you. Yeah, my daughter has led me to this. You know, you probably know once you have a child with a disability, it's like your passion. So <laughs> to do what's best for them. That's right. Like it or not, sometimes I think, oh boy, where is he going to take me next? But as my cousin said the other day, my um, my cousin's, our last name is Blau. My mom's maiden name is Blau. And she said he's uniquely Blau. And we are just wildly independent as a whole. So here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so Learning Aid Ohio, why don't you tell us a little bit about what that organization does? Because it's really unique. And it came from a really unique source. Um, and I think it's one of the good things that happened during COVID. Yeah, so Learning Aid Ohio, um, we were created actually by the Down Syndrome Association of Central Ohio, DeSaco. Um, when the pandemic hit, uh, we heard from a lot of our families that they just did not know how they were gonna handle it. They are um, full-time employees. And then all of a sudden their students on IEPs are going to be at home with them and they are not professionals taught how to support these goals and objectives and they didn't know how they were going to get through it. Um, so DeSaco um, created this platform for their families originally um, and Governor DeWine got wind of it loved it and asked us to pilot the program for the whole state of Ohio. 
So here we are with um, Learning Aid Ohio. It's an online platform um, to connect tutors and professionals um, with families, with students on IEPs and 504s to support them um, and their supplemental learning goals. Um, and uh, it's grant funded. And so how does it work? How, so, so say that I live in Ohio, it's only open to Ohio residents, right? Correct. So say that I live in Ohio, I, like if I squint, I can see Ohio out this window right here. <laughs> um, it's like what I think 1.2 or 2.1 miles away is downtown okay. Cincinnati. So man, I'm so close. Um, just missed down, it. Yeah, just missed it. Just <laughs> missed it. Um, so say I live in Ohio um, and I decide I need a tutor. What kind of tutors are available and how would I sign up? And like, cause I think not only is this providing information to Ohio residents, but it also, I'm certain that other states could take this model and really run with it. And um, I'm certain that DeSacco, you know, would have an interest in, in helping with that. So definitely. So um, as a family, um, you can apply at learningohio.com and we have different semesters available. We just started our summer semester. Um, so the qualifications are to live in Ohio and have a student on an IEP or a 504 plan. There are some um, income requirements, but for our families, we know that there are extenuating circumstances to that situation. Our families have high medical bills. Um, and so that is taken into consideration. So we encourage everybody to apply um, to see if they qualify. Um, if they do, they get a grant through our online platform. So everything is online. They schedule their tutoring online. They find their learning provider on the website. Um, but they can use a learning provider and ask them to apply um, somebody they already know that works really well with their student already. Um, and then on the other side, um, we have learning providers that will apply to be on our platform um, who are paid through these grants, through the online platform. Um, and they can go to the website and apply and anybody can be a learning provider. So we have somebody that's straight out of high school, 18 years old, that applied to support her neighbor um, who's in kindergarten with their ABCs and one, two, threes and things like that. So it's whoever works best with your child. Um, they just have to have a background check and or a um, ODE teaching license. So I just learned two things. First, you can hand select your person if that if you need that or choose to do that. And second, can it be in person now? Yes, so we highly recommend, even from the beginning, we want that in-person support. Um, that's why we were created. A lot of our students do not, um, they weren't learning well virtually. So the we, from the beginning, asked our learning providers to be able to support these students one-on-one -on -one in person. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. People, yep. like, I Zoom switches. So the people that are watching on YouTube, you probably didn't see my mouth. I do have hyper-flexible joints, by the way, including my jaw, but my mouth was wide open. <laughs> that 
is so exciting. I'm calling Carrie tomorrow, the executive director of DeSaco, and even giving her more praise than I've already given her for this because Kelsey, that's incredible. Yeah, it's been huge for our families. Um, you know, we, we get so much feedback that it's been a game changer because that one-on-one -on -one, first off is huge for our students. And then in person in an environment that is the most comfortable for them in their own home. I mean, some families do go to libraries if they want. It's, it's up to them where to choose, but the majority of our families choose to have their learning providers come to their house. Okay, so I'm not asking like for the exact statistic and friends, this is now you are in my kitchen having coffee because this is off script and I'm just really interested. Um, on average, by your best estimation, how many hours do people get per week? Per week, so usually about two to three hours a week. Awesome. Yeah, so they we ask our families to try to budget their grant um, each semester is $1,500. Summer is going to be 10 weeks long. So that gives them about um, $130 a week to spend. Awesome. So they can pick multiple learning providers. If their student needs OT and math, they can have an OT person come on Monday. They can have a math tutor come on Thursday. Um, it's very flexible. So, so good. Okay, so back to the list of questions that we had prepared. <laughs> <laughs> kind of went off script. Let's That's talk about tutoring. You know, I think a lot of people are like, well, do, does my child need tutoring? Um, I, is the hassle worth it? What exactly do we get with tutoring? So why don't you talk for a second about the benefits to tutoring, underlying the word tutoring? Yeah, um, so... Before Learning Aid Ohio, I never really thought of it because my daughter's six. I never thought of tutoring for her yet. Um, but, you know, the feedback that we've gotten, it's more, the majority of the feedback that I see that's been like striking to me is the confidence building. Um, they feel more confident in their education and what they're doing and what they know so they're taking it to school and participating more um, and enjoying it. And they're excited to do it. Um, and we're seeing behavior problems, you know, problems being um, reduced. And so that's what I'm taking away as like a huge win for our families. Of course, it's helping them read and write and their math is, you know, progressing, but like that confidence is huge. And the confidence comes, I think, from so many different places, right? Like it comes from repetition. It comes from um, being able to practice it in a different environment with different people. It comes from um, the, not only the repetition, but the continuity of addressing certain skills, whether it's academics or behavior or sensory, sensory strategies or whatever. So, I mean, that's what I love about tutoring. And, and to a certain extent, I think that in our family, our values are such that we quote unquote tutor, like our, the parents in our family support Jack in those things in order to keep that continuity, in order to keep the confidence up too. But I think that's it. 
it's like something that you can't necessarily track, but it is so, so important, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It's been amazing. And, you know, me and my husband, we don't come from a background of educators. We don't know what we're doing. So like other families that need that extra assistance to help them get into a routine, to help them be able to support their child at home better. Um, it's amazing to have those specialists to be able to come into the home. Sure. Yeah. Super, super helpful. So if parents are looking for tutors, um, whether it's through Learning Aid Ohio or probably not um, mm -hmm. elsewhere, what are some things that parents are looking for with tutors? I literally have a list on my computer that is called, I don't know what it's called exactly, but if I type in nanny, <laughs> it'll come up because, you know, every couple of years we have to look for a new CLS provider. In our case, it's called Community Living Supports. Kentucky has Medicaid waivers that are just pretty awesome if you get one. Um, and so I've got kind of a list of questions because I don't want to forget that we have to have a non-smoker and I don't want to forget that we have to have these things. So what kinds of things are, are we looking for? What kinds of questions should we ask people when we're like, hey, do you want to be my tutor? Yeah, so we highly recommend that um, they ask not just about what's going to work best for their student, but their family as a whole. They're asking somebody to come into their home um, and join their family team of support. Um, so how do they communicate best? Um, of course, their schedule and what works that way. Allergies, are they allergic to a dog or a cat? But um, their teaching style, things like that. But what's gonna work best for also the parents that are setting up the schedules? Um, you know, progress monitoring, how do they report that back to them? And um, all of those things. Yeah, I mean, that's like kind of the mechanics of it, like progress monitoring. Are you going to take data and how are you going to get that data back to me? And I think specifically, like a question I always have is, what are you trained in? You yeah. know, for us, a lot of times we want to work on reading. And so what professional development or what training do you have in reading? That's always my number one question when I'm going to hire somebody um, is the actual qualification Yep. And then is that, and then look at, is that consistent with what they're getting at school? Right, exactly. Luckily on Learning Aid Ohio, our platform, our website, we provide all of that information for them um, in the learning provider's bio. Um, so that work should be done for them. So, but yes, of course, like what degrees do you have and certifications and, and things like that. Are you familiar with Orton Gillingham? But then the other thing is supporting the whole person, right? So like, do you use sensory um, specific strategies or is your behavior management ABA-ish or not ABA-ish? Because right. we all feel differently about ABA. And if it is, like, what's your definition of that? How do you, how would you support my child behaviorally? Um, and the right answer to me is never like, well, whatever you say. Because right. I really want to understand that somebody like, Real, like, what does Orton Gillingham mean to you? <laughs> and then how are you going to use it? Because I don't want to have to communicate at all. Like, this is how we have done everything for since the beginning of time. Right. Um, 
yeah, I think those are all really valuable questions. And I couldn't agree anymore about having them come into your house and how important that is. Having been in that position as a tutor myself back in my early 20s, I know how important it is and how valuable that is. Yeah. You want to have a comfortable relationship with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Only one time. Here's a little story. Only one time did I have a tutoring student. I, for, for a couple summers, what, because I taught German, um, my school, uh, most kids did not come into my school in the later years because it was an immersive German school. Um, now only the, only German was immersive that most of their instruction was in English, but when their German teacher was there, the German teacher would reinforce other things like, you know, social studies lessons and math lessons in the German language. And they only knew that we could speak German. So if a kid was coming in in second grade, they had to have tutoring. Second grade and up, they had to have tutoring. And I would provide that tutoring. Okay. Um, and so one summer, two, I don't know how many, but one particular summer, I had the kids come to my house because it was easier. I, at some point you realize as a tutor, by the way, and I think it's important to understand, you know, things from their perspective. So this is helpful too. There's a price to pay for just leaving your house. You know, like a lot of tutors are professionals, they're teachers, they are um, at least students that are getting towards their degree, they're OTs, they're O&M specialists, whatever they are. And um, so at some point, like $10 an hour isn't going to cut it because I have to drive a half an hour, I have to prepare, I have to drive a half an hour to your house, I have to work for an hour, and then I have to drive a half an hour back home, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think that's why I had the kids come to my house. And one time I was sound asleep in bed. I was 22 or 23 years old. And there was a knock on my door, you know, at 7.45 in the morning. And I'm like, ah, I overslept. <laughs> and I had a little second grade boy on my front porch. And I remember I was like, do I even, I had on my jammies, you know, like, <laughs> do I throw a sweatshirt on over top of this like short t-shirt combo or what? And, and I remember the child's mother had to get to school or to work, to, to her job, you know? So I was like, I'm just going to go to the door. I'm going to be graceful. I'm going to tell her that we're going to lose seven more minutes of instructional time while I change and brush my teeth. And then like, you know, then we'll hit it. <laughs> Awkward. <laughs> Awkward. Yeah. And I had this tiny little house. I'm like, you're welcome to wait with him while I change. Cause that felt weird, you yeah. know? In 2022, it would be particularly weird. It was fine. They were very, they were completely understanding. I mean, mistakes <laughs> happen, but oops. <laughs> oh, man. Oops. Welcome to my life. You just never know what's going to happen. Um, actually, I did stories not too long ago about like how you get stuff done. And, and the number one thing is just can't expect to be perfect. <laughs> that is for sure. Yes. Yeah. So, um, do you, I mean, obviously in Ohio, a great place to look for tutors is in Learning Aid Ohio, but where else can people look for tutors? Where do you look for tutors to join your network? Yeah, so we have seen the biggest success and we always tell our families, like we've, we've seen that the tutors that families recruit that they've already known are like, they can start and just start running. You know, they already know the student, um, but of course some families don't have that network and we're here to help link them. Um, so um, retired teachers, 
graduate students or, or students that are still learning. We have a lot of OT students um, interested in the program. And that gives them a good opportunity to learn while they're teaching. Um, retired teachers, we have a lot of retired teachers that have joined Learning Aid Ohio. Um, but of course, if you already have a network and that they know your student, um, that's what we try to see. That's what we ask first when a family doesn't know where to start to find a tutor. Do you know anybody that already works well with them? Yeah, I mean, that, that those are the resources that I do. I think OT, undergrad, and graduate students are like, there's a gold mine there. Yeah. OT programs are really competitive. So typically, stereotypically, the people in the programs are really dynamic people. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had babysitter after babysitter that are OT majors, and they've all been phenomenal yeah. and do good tutoring too. Um, another idea that I've had a lot of friends have success with is people with teaching degrees that are stay-at-home moms because they want yes. just a smidge of income and they can usually make a little bit more as tutors than if they just, you know, maybe if they sold something like in direct marketing or something, is that what you call that? Like Tupperware and Mary Kay. <laughs> yeah. um, maybe about the same as that, but like they can make more than if they went and just worked part-time in retail or something like that. Yeah, and tutoring is so rewarding. Yes. We have heard a lot from our learning providers too that like they've become a part of our family's family. They yeah. stay after for like dinner, like spaghetti Tuesdays or something. Um, it's heartwarming that they're making these awesome connections too. I want those people in my life. That's yeah. awesome. Okay, so... The next question, um, you know, is is a little less basic, a, a little less rote, um, and but really, really a hot topic that I talk about almost every single day in my law practice, and that is a lot of people feel like I don't want to get outside help. I don't want to get a tutor or do outpatient therapy or those kinds of things because if I do and my child makes progress, the school's going to take credit for it. And I've been trying to get the school to do more. You know, maybe they want eligibility. Maybe the child is struggling and in RTI, but isn't eligible for an IEP. Mm -hmm. um, or maybe they want, you know, specially designed instruction that is very, very um, specific. Like they want, or in Gillingham, and the school is like, eh, they're doing okay with Barton. So they don't want to hire an OG tutor because they don't want the child to, to do well and then for the school to take credit and be like, see, we told you your kid isn't eligible or see, we told you what we're doing works and that you don't need X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Do you have an opinion about that from a tutoring perspective? Honestly, that's something that I would ask you about. <laughs> I'd be like, wait, what's this? Um, but, you know, I would think as a parent, I would, you know, keep as many records as possible showing that, you know, this was done through our tutor, but also ask for, you know, testing and, and, and proof from the school. Um, I don't know, specifically around removing supports, you know, I want proof of mastery of that um, subject before they would remove any supports or even 
um, talk about that. But I, that would be where I was like, Ashley, I, I need your help with this topic. <laughs> well, um, so, I mean, I agree with you entirely. Mechanically, those are the things that I get into. And I'm not going to get into mechanics because it's very, you know, student specific, family specific. But if you widen the lens a little bit and you zoom out a little bit, you know, the thing that I always say is it's really the cost benefit. Do you want to wait for your child to fail or do you want to help your child to achieve progress? Right. And, you know, and what's the cost of doing that? If you're talking, you know, one summer we considered a, a reading program for Jack that was thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. And we re, we we did all of the movement <laughs> to get that money available because we were like, it's really, really worth it this year. And then as we embarked on the testing and, and really kind of looked into the programming that they were suggesting, we were like, we don't think that's going to be right for Jack. Yeah. I spent a thousand. I bought the program and did the training. And I worked with Jack for five hours and I was like, thank God we didn't spend thousands of dollars on this because it was awful. Right. It's not awful. It's really great. It just is not right for Jack with his um, expressive language. Mm -hmm. And it was Linda moved all lips. It's there's like no secret. It's a great program. It just isn't right for Jack. <laughs> um, so, you know, for me, it's always a cost benefit of how much loss is the child going to incur um how much benefit could the child incur mm -hmm. and then what are the costs and that's financial but it's also the time involvement it's the stress just communicating as I said earlier the stress of communicating between a tutor and now a teacher and a parent and then let's say grandparents take them and all that stuff that's exhausting yep. you kind of have to look at the whole picture um but you know, I'm not very litigation oriented, but the litigator in me, when I like really dig down and, and get her to start talking, that litigator says, yeah, sometimes you shouldn't do it because you've got to pin the school down to their complete misfeasance. Yeah. I mean, it's a hard decision for our families. Um, but like you said, it's, it's based on the individual and circumstance and um, all sorts of different things many, many factors that becomes very, very family specific. So I have lots of people in my, um, in my network of people that are looking for um, ideas on, you know, ways to help families navigate the disability world, um, trying to find resources and trying to eliminate some of the stress. And so do you have any advice for people that um, want to collaborate with their states or disability organizations or private donors to establish tutoring companies or tutoring programs that are similar to Learning Aid Ohio? Yeah, I think, um... It's that squeaky wheel, like just continue to reach out and talk and email and, um, you know, attend the, the stuff at the state house and, um, you know, have, have a Carrie Jones. Um, that always helps. Um, you know, we're lucky in Ohio that we have a, um, a governor that caught wind of this. 
and realized how important it is and that there's, um, you know, there's a need for it, um, especially during the pandemic. So. Yeah, I mean, the timing lined up beautifully um, during the pandemic and it looks like the proof is in the pudding in the pudding. And so the governor's office has continued to support it. But um, if it can be used as a model, that yeah. would be super incredible. Yes, I mean, we, we have the program, uh, we will help you. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Where can people find out more about Learning Aid Ohio specifically? Yeah, so our website's learningohio.com. Um, they can go on there for information, to contact us, um, and just look at what we're all about. Um, we're so excited to share the work because um, we know students need it. And um, it's not just based off of the, the pandemic. You know, there was an issue before and our students need need help more than ever now. Good point. Very good point. Kelsey, thank you so much for joining us. Yes, thank you for having me. We will see you next week, same time, same place on Ashley Barlow.